The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I think, no, I think changing a tire, mm-hmm. sewing, at least, I'm not talking about making a dress or a pair of pants, but I mean, like, just getting a button back on that seems yeah. like a skill you should have. I think, right? I think that's something you can accomplish. We'll work on this. Mm. Oh, yeah. All 2023, right. a big year. I feel it. <laughs> we're, we're putting <laughs> buttons on? All we're right. going to put buttons on everything. On Just on everything. <laughs> just no snaps. Oh, Those you have to snaps. really. Too easy. You got to work for it. And then you really love it. (laughs) Mm, All right. (laughs) Hey there, I'm Bellamy Young and I'm Brian's friend from work. Hi there, listeners. Welcome back to another brand spanking new episode of off the beat, as always, I'm your host, Brian Baumgartner, and you just heard from the wonderful, the delightful, the hilarious Bellamy Young. You probably know Bellamy from her role as President of the United States, Melly Grant in Scandal, or for playing Jessica Whitley in Prodigal Son, or maybe Margaret Honeycroft in Promised Land, whatever you saw her in. I can only promise you this. She was excellent. And Bellamy has had, well, she's had an incredible journey, which somehow includes being North Carolina's junior miss 1987, becoming spokesperson for the humane society and winning celebrity jeopardy. Oh, and also going to Yale to study physics. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Bellamy seems to be very good at, well, just about everything. And now 
her journey will include being a guest on Off the Beat, a title. Well, I'm sure she's going to add this to her long list of accomplishments. I'm excited to dive into her story. It has taken her from the Blue Ridge Mountains to the Gulf Stream waters to Broadway and back. I'm not going to make you wait. Here she is, Bellamy Young. Bubble and squeak. I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. Hi. What? I'm so happy to see you. I miss you. I am so happy to see you. (laughs) What's going on? You know, it's just a rainy day in New York City, trying to make 2023 meet its possibility. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? What is, is that an I love New York? Fuck yeah, it is. Can we curse on your show? Yes, you can say whatever you want. Fuck yeah, it is. Wow. I mean, that is, I know that you live there, but that mug is a cliche. I love it. I'm a cliche. It's just how it happens, B. It's like how I roll. I literally got this apartment. I was here after college for like a decade. And then I was, you know, LA was so good to me and I'm so grateful to her, but she and I do not understand each other (laughs) and so when i got back i literally went downstairs to the tchotchke shop and got this mug and it is the only thing i drink out of the only thing i love that oh yeah i love that that is so that is amazing the big (laughs) apple and everything it's just perfect um here is a set well first off we should mention we have just worked together and do you know what's crazy is we may have worked together before. Did what? we work? Did we work together? We would never appeared on Criminal Minds. Oh yes, I did recur upon that. So there is a, a bit of a chance I was Hotch's woman. Oh right. Yeah. Mm, maybe not. Did, maybe it wasn't did, the same. Did you episode. kill people, or did yeah, I you killed, help? I killed people. people. No, How I did you kill people. them? What? What? Tell me more. Well, I was a serial killer. You know that sure. show. It's the craziest show where the lead of every episode is the guest star. Yeah. So it's like you you literally show up and you don't know where anything is or who anybody is, and it's like, okay, it's your show. Sorry, it's all resting on your shoulders. It's Welcome. All, it's all on you, and then. Everybody comes and, you know, arrest you at the end and all that. But yeah, no, it's a crazy show. It is. It is a crazy show. And I I will swear those fans are so devoted 40% of the time that anyone notices me. And I, you know, I'm very grateful for any of it. And But usually it's scandal. But no, 40% of the time it's Criminal Minds. And I couldn't have done six episodes. I mean, I was a blip on that radar. But that's a throb. You know, they're back. They're making shows again. Are they? Oh, they surely are. I think I'm in jail. Season like 21. You can break (laughs) out. I think I'm in jail. I think I'm not. I don't think I'm coming back. They didn't call me about the the reboot. They didn't call me yet. Um, But we should mention, being very careful not to say too much, Bellamy and I are working together on a new show. Do you want to tell us about it? In Atlanta, Georgia. 
Oh, yeah. And actually, What's Atlanta, your new show? we are doing a show uh, called The Other Black Girl, which was a book that came out, I think, last year by Zakia Delilah Harris. And she and Rashida Jones have made it into a series. Like the most interesting thing to me, because I don't want people to feel like, oh, I can't read the book. I don't want to spoil the show or I don't watch. I don't want to watch the show. I read the book. It's a second swing at this IP. We're, we've really diverged from the book. Um, yeah. There's some, of course, amazing similarities and, and parallel paths, but uh, it's it's a really cool project to be a part of. And our sweet Sinclair Daniels is our very lead, doing beautiful work. And I don't know, that hack Eric McCormick, he hangs around sometimes. <laughs> He's around occasionally. <laughs> well, it's been so much fun getting to know you and working with you. I've loved it. It's been so much fun. And back in in my hometown, which I'm going to transition like seamlessly to, <laughs> I think maybe the greatest similarity between you and I is, this is what I would say, that no one on first meeting us would guess that we're from the South. Do you think that's true? I think I we reek of it. I do think that's true. I think we reek of it. You do? I do. I think we're, there's a, a kind openness to both of us. Tell me, you know, you can have a conversation with a plastic bowl, and so can I. And that's a definitely like a Southern superpower. You know, I mean, okay. no one no one would think we're from the Bronx, and no one would think we're like Silicon Valley. Where, where would you peg us? Are we middlers? Well, I, no, see, I would peg you New York. I would. <gasps> You're just flirting with me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would. And maybe that's because I, I know how much you love it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, I would I would put you there for sure. Well, that's really very kind, but I don't think I merit that. But you're not. No, by the way. You're North Carolina. Asheville, North Carolina. Ash Vegas, uh, to those in the know. Whatever. I don't know. Asheville, home of the... Oh, I'm going to screw it up. I was going to say, pig, home of the what? Pig, pig nut chicken farm. Hot nope. pig chicken. Wow. The chicken nut farm. Nut I could farm, listen to this forever. Just you don't know what I'm trying. talking about? No. All right. Uh, what are you talking about? No, there's a big farm there in Asheville. I don't know. Ash, by the way, Asheville without the N, not Nashville, Asheville. No, it's a different in case place. I'm not, yeah, it's a totally different place. We have the uh, Biltmore House, the Vanderbilt oh, Estate, right. right? We have the Grove Park Inn. We have the Parkway. I'm sure we have a lot of beautiful and scenic farms. I am mm. not aware of this one of which you speak. We have t yeah. uh, 12 Bones, which is the big barbecue place. 12 Bones, right. 10 Bones. Oh, I'm so vegan. Yep. I don't know how many bones there are. Yeah. <laughs> you, not, you, you don't count the bone. You're not interested the in the bone. bones. No, no. No. Uh, I'm going to leave that one alone, too. Um, how do you think that shaped you? Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful question. Because I really can feel, particularly in people's um, singing voices, I feel like I can feel the topography that shaped them. So I feel the mountains inside of me, like the places to hide and then the places of wide open wonder. And, um, you know, home life was not the best. So that shaped you too, because you're like, hey, I'm going to leave here. But, but then once you get out, then, you, it, you know, just knowing that 
you've come from a place of such beauty and art and food and, you know, like really, um, culture. Yeah. I, I love, I love my hometown. I really do. I feel it with me always. Oh, that's awesome. You started singing early. I did. Three. Is what I I'm did. told. Wow, Santa Zell's been chatting you up. Wait, is that three? <laughs> like professional? Is that when you did your first album? <laughs> I think we were still, you know, pressing things into vinyl in the seventies. But um, yeah, oh. I'm adopted, and um, they at the hospital. You know, I was in foster care for like two months, and so some wires must have gotten crossed. But the papers that were given to my adopted parents. Um, I had like two lines on my father and like a paragraph on my birth mother. And, um, and it said she liked to sew and sing and, uh, you know, she was an English major. And so my parents who adopted me were like, Ooh, we gotta, we gotta follow up on this, you know, in case we're not supplying what she needs genetically, you know, and, uh, come to find out it was none of it true. It was none of it true. <laughs> she, she didn't sing or sew. I was so pretty in pink in high school. I sewed everything I wore and I sang everywhere and I did all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it turned out to be right for me, but just not necessarily truth in the abstract. Wait, so they encur they encouraged you to sew and sing? <laughs> well, they just sort of were like, here are some things you might, It's we hear that you might be into. And honey, I loved it. I, oh, singing. My goodness, I would definitely be in jail somewhere if I couldn't sing. It is absolutely <laughs> my personal freedom and catharsis and joy. And I'll, I'll be fussy, you know, I'll be cranky and I'll not know what's going on. But I'll get a song like going in my head and I'll be like, Oh really? I, like literally it's just how my body deals with being alive. Um, but then they, you know, put me in dance. I was never quite as good at that, but love still love to sew. Oh yeah. I love all that stuff. Interesting. Did you ever sew? No, I still can't sew. <laughs> I want to see that. I'm going to watch no, it. We're going to teach you. Season two. That's our goal. I <laughs> is that I learned to sew. Yeah, I no, I don't sew. I I think I should. There are a few things I think I should know how to do. What? And well, I, I mean, I tried recently and I failed at trying to change a tire. That was so going to be the first thing I said too. We really need to do that. No, I know. I I couldn't get the nut, I couldn't get the nuts off. Well, and I'm that. not just saying that to try to sound like I'm being perverse. I could not get, I could not get the the lug, the lug nuts off yeah. of the off the tire. Turns out I called someone who also couldn't. So it, there I think there was an issue, but um I think no, I think changing a tire, mm -hmm. sewing, at least I'm not talking about making a dress or a pair of pants, but I mean like just getting a button back on <laughs> seems yeah. like a skill you should have. I think right? that, I think that's something you can accomplish. We'll work on this. Mm. Oh yeah, twenty twenty three, a big year. I feel it. <laughs> we're, we're putting <laughs> buttons on. All we're right. gonna put buttons on everything. On just on everything. <laughs> just no snaps. Oh, Those put you have on to snaps. Really... Too easy. You got to work for it, and then you really love it. <laughs> mm. All right. <laughs> so singing was cathartic for you. Did you yeah. enjoy 
the act of performing. Was that a yeah. part of it? I've always loved to not be me, like the chance to not be me for if it's three minutes, if it's three hours, if it's three years, what a delight. What, what a, what a rest. Getting a job is always like getting a vacation. I I love it so much. And, but even then, you know, I, I know you feel similarly. I think you must like the story, telling the story. It's such a joy. I'm not a person like I don't want to be the center of attention. Parties scare me. Mm. Like Pedro and I got married and it was just us, you know, like I'm not ever going to be like a look at me human, but I love to escape into something and deliver it and have it, you know, have an effect on people. That's fun. And songs, songs are the best because you can feel like you can feel the energy in a room change, you know, Mm. it's, magical to go on that with somebody but they you know it was the 70s and 80s in North Carolina and so most of the places you had to perform were uh pageants and I am so that was my next question (laughs) because that that feels like like one would think that that's about being the center of attention by the way I totally get you I I feel like I'm the same way it's something actually my I think my especially my mom doesn't understand the difference between acting and doing that in front of people, but actually wanting that attention. That's not something that, that I ever felt like, or, you know, that I wanted, but being a pageant. Now you North Carolina junior miss. Sure. Now that's a scholarship program, Brian. It's a very different beast. Oh, it is. I did pay for most of my freshman year at college. So, yeah. It did. So it were did. you singing? Was that your talent? Did you yeah. have talent? Oh, that was, I mean, that's a, that's a thing though. Cause you have to, um, they look at your academics and your interview and your, you know, whatever pageant dress, walking around stuff. Then you do your talent and wait for it. Athletics, which is not something I've ever excelled at. Wait, so, so what kind of athletics? Oh, honey, we had to do a little like, a, you know, a little Jane Fonda routine. And I I mean, little, it was really, really, really hard. And they assessed us because it's real clear who was good, good at that. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. You had to like, like do, uh, I almost said jumping jacks, but no, like push-ups or like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ups? It was like a five-minute routine and you had to hold uh, one of those V things. I can't even do it. I was going to do it for you, but I can't, you know, like where your abs hold your whole body in the shape of a V and you have oh. to do push-ups and you have to do jumping jacks and run around and fitness, fitness. Why? Wow. <laughs> this was a part of it, but you, but you, you, you but you won. In North Carolina, I didn't win in, at nationals. I, they they liked my singing. I had a talent award at nationals, but I okay. Was, but I was North Carolina. But I, when I was little, because you know this all starts, it starts in 1975, which was the bicentennial year. Okay. My mother made this spectacular long dress hoop skirt bicentennial ensemble, complete with bicentennial parasol and you gotta you know five years old like walk around with your parasol and your hoop skirt and yeah but I very quickly I am not at all competitive except with like myself I mean I'm I mean mean inside to myself but I'm always like you should get this or you know I hope you win so I started 
emceeing. Really? Because she ha- all her friends were there. My mom's friends were there. So we're still going to have to go. But I just like would say, you know, Scarlett's in a beautiful fuchsia dress tonight. And later she'll tap for us while twirling her baton. I'd sing Climb Every Mountain while they tabulated the votes. And yeah. Your Southern accent just came out, by the way, <laughs> when you were ch- channeling that. It must. It must. Uh, how big was your hair? Oh, higher the hair, closer to God. That's right. That's what they say. <laughs> as big as it could get. Yes. Wait, I have to ask, did you ever have to, in Atlanta, pageantify yourself? No. Well, there wasn't. I don't I don't think there are pageants for boys. I don't know. There was like a cotillion. Respect. Yes. We cotillioned as yes. well. All right. I'm going to need yes, to. When so I see to you do. next, I'm going to see those pictures. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know how much they'll be. All right. We'll see. Um, also, probably Googleable and B to everyone listening. I hope not. <laughs> I I really hope not. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, so this is insane. You basically, you're doing pageants. Sure. And then you decide you want to go to Yale for physics. Now, (laughs) you want to be a scientist. Yeah, yeah. It was most. And you're giving up performing. You're like, that that isn't a (laughs) thing that you think you're going to. Wait, so talk to me. Yeah. You think you're really not going to. You enjoy performing. 
but then you decide you, you want to be a scientist. Is this what happens? Well, I wanted to leave North Carolina and okay. I, um, don't know how, honestly, I don't know how Yale even came into my sphere of knowledge, but somehow I heard that you could, they had singing groups, um, acapella singing groups. And I was like, Ooh, I can still sing. I was like, if I can get in there, my mom cannot say no. Right. Like that's a good enough reason to leave North Carolina. So I applied early and I loved physics. I was never, I got to Catholic school and then like public school and like, I never caught on to the, like an exclusionary God, but like physics and science made me feel like I was seeing the face of God, like the truth, like you could really work to the truth. And, oh, I just loved it. But again, just, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't turn out to be great at it on the world stage, but I was good oh. at it where I was. Um, okay. So I applied early and uh, they put me on the wait list, but I'm Southern. So, you know, I thought they were just being polite and that they would tell me no later. Just let me get used to the no. I applied to 12 other schools and got really good at applications, resubmitted an entire application to Yale. And likely they thought, dear God, just to hush her up, just let her in. Let her in. (laughs) Just let her in. God. So you might be the only person in history that went to Yale for physics, but really because they had an acapella singing group. (laughs) You don't know that. Maybe you don't know. I think you are. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, and say, that's it. So you started, you started singing. You you get there and you you discover you might not be a scientist after all. Yeah. But but the singing you enjoyed. I loved it. I loved it so much. And we, I was in like the funny singing group, the like co-ed funny singing group. Cause there's like, you know, single sex and serious ones and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to be, I wanted the laughs and to sing the like, you know, Todd Rundgren and like, you know, stuff that I thought was cool. And I had a really good time, but then it all like those last few years in North Carolina kind of caught up with me. And so my beginning of college was extraordinary and diverse and thriving. And by the end, I was a bit of a wallflower and just going through stuff. Right. You do start taking theater classes. I do. I finished with a double major English and theater. Are you career committed then at that point? What a a fun way to ask that. Thank you. (laughs) I know that's such a great, I I was committed to staying out in the world. I didn't want to go home. I was game for whatever. I was going to do a actor's theater of Louisville had this internship program that everybody was always in the hospital. I mean, they worked you horribly. (laughs) I think, but I was like, yes, I'm going to do that. Um, And my friend, Mike Zimmer, who is now Rob Marshall's like almost partner, you know, secondhand. um, Mike was like, come down to New York with me today. I'm an audition for a tour of meet me in St. Louis. And I'm like, I should write my paper, but of course I'm not going to write my paper. So I go down and got the job. And so I did the first national and meet me at St. Louis instead. Unbelievable. (laughs) And that, and that's, and that's how your career began. Yeah. And then that, you know, after the tour, I got a little apartment on the, like, where was it? 80th, I guess. And between second and third and just start going to the calls and doing summer stock and doing regional theater and doing stuff off Broadway and, but musical, 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 and you know, a couple of law and orders as you do. Okay. So you were soap opera. 
So you were dip you were dipping your toes in to some film and television stuff as you were auditioning for theater. I mean, you really have the stink of musical theater on you. And like especially back then, New York was pretty bifurcated, you know, so I feel okay. lucky I got in there. <laughs> right. I do want to mention in ninety seven you make your Broadway debut as Mary in the original cast of Cy Coleman's The Life. Did that feel like a dream come true? Yeah, it really did. And it came out of nowhere. And I just moved to my apartment on 76 between Broadway and West End. And my mom was actually here and we were unloading boxes. I got a super last minute audition. I wasn't going to go because we're moving. And she's like, just go. And I don't even take like dance clothes I have to pull sheet music out of the file cabinet at the casting offices. Um, They kept me a long time, but then they're like, okay, thank you. And I walked from 43rd to 76th because I was like, my mother's going to be so mad at me because I like left her unpacking and then I tanked this audition. And I swear as I walked into the apartment, my landline telephone rang and my, my mom was there for me to get my first Broadway show. That's amazing. I know. And then we got the sewing machine out and we made some curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding uh, at all. Uh, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Um, so you, you decide because you're a musical theater actor. And at this point, merrily, we roll along Faust book of days. You've done all this theater. You're going to move to LA. Now you, this is true. Your agent said you're too old. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I was 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved like right before I turned 30. And um, of course, I, there was a guy. There's always a guy. So there was right. a guy. We'd done a little movie. But so I went with very low expectations. And I, you know, the stuff I'd been sent out, I was with Gersh at that point, And the stuff they were sending me out on wasn't that interesting. And I had absolutely no concept of Los Angeles. Either it's physical geographical scope or like that there's a lot of work um or there was at that point and um just got really lucky really fast not in terms of a big break that put me on the map but just being a working actor which is the thing that makes me the happiest of all you know now it's at a a little bit different level but all I want is like to get to work I love it so it was LA was all always very kind to me in that regard and yet we were both LA and I would look at each other like total side eye, like, really? You are you gonna wear that? And I'd be like, Are you judging me? So it was always it was very much square peg round hole, but I'm grateful for every minute. I mean, this is not exaggerating. Truly during this time, you begin guest starring on literally the biggest shows in television. I never did Friends. I really regret that I never got to do Friends. I never did The well, Office either. Whatever. Okay. Well, first of all, I sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> you start doing guest stars during this time on literally the biggest dramas in television. Yeah. I mean, X-Files, ER, West Wing, NCIS, Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice. Yeah, there was a Frasier. But I... <laughs> I no, but I mean that. I mean, you were getting amazing experience on huge shows at the time, and yeah. you're loving you're and you're loving it, loving it because you learn everything, you know, from how people treat each other 
to like what's expected of you to you know all the things that they didn't cover uh, all my acting classes were very like let's you know are we going to read the scene cold or should we rehearse it but it wasn't like how to deal with a line producer or you know get there early enough so that you're in the makeup chair at your call time not 10 minutes after your call time. you know like just how to work and then you see who y- you want to be like and who you don't and That's right. um Ah, is the uh, the best you know grad school of my life. Just a job around and eavesdrop on everyone. Yeah, and they were always like, "Okay, David Caruso, did you ever go over there and do those Miami whatever?" No, CSI. My what? I wow. never did a CSI. No, no that was. So there's plenty of you know. You're just like jaw on the floor behavior from Caruso. Well, in those days, he's maybe he's a wonderful human now, and I have no way of knowing that. But right. you know, there was a time, an apex moment, where you were just like, "Wow, that's not what I want to be," you know. Right. Other than other than employed and a franchise that's going to go forever. I, I'm right. a happy girl. I'm not the girl that's like, oh, another season. I'm like five more seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to show up. Right. <laughs> um, I don't want to bore people because I, I have discussed this before, but I want your impression of this because you seem so, so positive. I have said many times the hardest job is the guest star job, you know, and I think it teaches you one, as you said, who you want to be, but two really teaches you how to work and adapt in different settings because as a guest star, often you don't know the crew, you don't know anyone's name. I mean, did you find that to be? challenging as well every time because every time it's different and you know it it helps you practice humility um, because you just have to ask questions the hardest part for me is always the crew because you don't know how they're used like how fast or slow they're used to running you don't know are they going to do 35 takes or do i need to do this in one and asking every question that comes to mind just wastes everybody's time so that that sixth sense of trying to mind read and intuit you know it's like those child of alcoholic days where you're like walking on eggshells all the time. It's those, like it's that sixth sense that you kind of pull into play and it's different on a, on a a one hour than it is on a half hour. And like, those are big lessons, but I always just sort of stepped to it from the, like it was school. School was always something I was good at. Like I could, I understood that paradigm And so I just sort of always stayed in that paradigm for all those years. Like, oh, what am I going to learn today? Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, I'm not going to put my chair there. Okay, all right. You know, but it's so hard and it never gets easier. You're always other. So it's, it's humbling. It's, it's instructive, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of the shows I mentioned, Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, they, they have a little something in common. Chandra Rhymes. While you were working on those shows, did you have any direct contact with her or did you get to know her or her team a lot as you're working on those shows? Sweet Linda Lowy cast for Shonda for a hundred years. And I auditioned for Linda a lot. So it's Linda that I knew and all of her beautiful team. And I was in the private practice world as they spun off from Grey's Anatomy. So it was like a two hour Grey's but I was within the womb of the nascent little private practice. Um, So I wasn't with her then at all. And the first time I met her was in my audition. And my audition was, I mean, 
quicker than you can, you know, drink a sip your, of your water audition for, for your scandal. Audition for a scandal. Because okay, so you had just, not met her. No, I had two lines, three lines in the pilot, and I was going to work the next day for scandal. And so they brought like five of us in. And uh, I go in, and there's only so many ways you can say two lines. And so it's all very fast. And it's also a little intimidating because she's there and also her producing partner, Betsy. Everybody's sort of playing the room, but Shonda this time to give the adjustment. And all I could think about Tony, I just worked with Tony Goldwyn. He just directed me on um, Dirty Sexy Money. And so I was just thinking about like, like standing beside him. He was just always sort of beside me in the room in my mind. And those, it was sort of informing it. And then they, you know, I, I was the one that day they got the call and worked the next day and was supposed to just be on a couple of shows. And then they let me stay the whole damn time. So I got to know Shonda pretty well, but no, up yes. at that point, not a bit in the world. No. So really you don't have any idea this is going to exist beyond a couple, three episodes. No. And now I, that no. you're telling me this story, it sure sounds like it. Cause when you go in and you're working the next day or two days later, whatever, like this is not, they're not taking their time with it because they don't think that they need to. No. That's crazy. And then you just stayed. You just put your name on the trailer and said, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaving. Well, they, I dressed up for that second table read, honey, there's a Southern, there's another Southern superpower. I dressed up. I was like, Oh, we got picked up to series. And, um, shall we read the script? And, uh, Shonda came around and sort of told everybody what they'd be doing that first uh, season was only seven episodes. So she kind of went, went around, she got to me and she's like, and I want to write a presidential divorce. And so I think you'll be here two, maybe three episodes. And my heart, like tried to keep smiling, but my heart like went through the floor. Like, I was so sad. And then they just, I don't know. They just let me fight with people. <laughs> they were like, Hey, that kid knows how to fight with people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let me do it. I'll do it. But they didn't buy me a wig till that second season. That was just my own clip in. So that's how you, that's how you know they're not taking you seriously. <laughs> wow. What do you think it was about the character or you that the writers started to to latch onto the the fight? I think they I I don't it, not me. I think they started to realize the um they could attenuate the leverage of the love triangle. Like that there was there was more to explore there than just to like make it so easy and get rid of the wife and you know, not that it would have been easy in that scenario with those characters, but it was messier to keep the other woman around, the other woman being the wife. Right. When did you find out that you were going to be sticking around? They called. I went to India with my friend Jules, who's a great production designer. And I reckon I didn't have a phone that worked out of the country. And so I got back in the country and my manager was like, I've been trying to call you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, thinking I'd done something wrong or, you know, I was going to get fired from a job I didn't have. Or he's like, they're making you a series regular on Scandal. And I was like, I wish I'd bought that ring in Jaipur. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I'd gone so super budged to India. And I was like, oh, if I'd only known, we could have slept in a hotel that night. It would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you find out that eventually you were going to become president? I don't even remember. I think it was. Was um, it something you were expecting? Not at all. I think Jeffy was supposed to be president. I mean, he gets voted president, doesn't he? Do you find that you don't really remember what happened on shows that you've done? 
Because I yes, do. All the, yeah, consistently. <laughs> we also, Which, we like. What show were we on together? <laughs> no, I don't know. I'll see you there, though. <laughs> we also shot a lot of alternate stories. Like, I still don't really. Okay. Lena, Lena Dunham was on Scandal at one point, and either she lives or dies, but we shot it both ways, and I don't remember. Uh, at any right. rate, uh, <laughs> Jeffy was supposed to win. Which if I think he still did, and then something happened. We shot him, or he had a heart attack, or something. But um, everyone thought Hillary was going to win, and yes. Shonda had put a lot of sweat equity into that in that direction, and I think was really gutted, as some of the rest of us, about that 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 you know that it went another way. And so I think it is only because she did not win that Melly became president. I mean, I've never had a long conversation with Shonda about this and I don't know that she's ever gone on record, but I, I don't think it was ever the plan. Interesting. You shoot scandal. You, uh, I mean, awards, critics choice television award for your role. there. beloved character on an um, amazing show. Seven year run. How was that? For you having to say goodbye when it was over? It was, um, I think everybody was tired and understood um, because she had, she'd been very forthright from the beginning um, about saying that this was a story, uh, to juxtapose with Grey's Anatomy, which can and probably will go forever. Uh, she was like, this is a story. I know where it starts and I know where it ends. So we always knew we were on borrowed time. Uh, and so we were mm. great, grateful for every season. Every season was a different number of episodes. Like everything was very fluid. And every time we get another season, we'd be like, yay. And then when she was like, we're finishing, we were like, copy. Um, <laughs> Josh Molina was like, but my daughter's still in college. <laughs> and she was like, sorry. <laughs> um, but also <laughs> at that point, those sweet fuckers, I love them so much. Like we were a family. There was no way... Like we weren't going to be together every day, but there was no way we were not going to always be together. So it didn't feel so um, grievous because we get to watch everybody do magical other things. What do you think it was about that group that makes it? Because it's not always like that. What do you think it was about that ensemble that made you all so close? I mean, I think Carrie. I think she's just a wonderful, humble, big hearted leader she was like the quarterback of the team and she still is like, it was just very clear from the beginning that it was, you know, nobody left behind sort of situation. Even when we renegotiated, you know, so often there's a squeaky wheel somewhere or just uh, people who are super young and think they're now is there forever or, you know, so many different uh, dynamics that can sort of pull you apart, but we were all old enough to be grateful <laughs> And right. And if Carrie wasn't gonna, I remember they today's show, like season five, today's show wanted to do something live about the um premiere. And we were all like, I don't want to get up at 1.30 to be ready for camera at 3.30, but you know, like complaining. And you know, Carrie's just sitting in the makeup chair listening to us all. She's like, Well, I'm gonna be here. I think it's amazing. A season five show should get attention like this. And we were all like, <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. That's right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. That's fuck. You're right. What am I thinking? So, right. the, and everybody's just uh, also family people. So it's been nice to see everybody's kids grow up and it's a long time to share. You have that. You have that with your peeps. Yes. 
No, we do. And it's special. And it, you, you bring up age, I think, is a part of it. People who have a diverse experience in the industry and, and know how difficult it can be and feel very lucky to have found a show that you feel good about and a collection of people that you're lucky to be with. I think that brings appreciation. Yeah. Exactly what, what you said. Yeah. And nobody was ignored. Everybody had heavy lifting to do. Everybody got great monologues. Everybody gets great storylines. So everybody felt like they left it on the field and it was time to go take a shower. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you leave, you immediately have another show. Now it was a pilot that didn't get picked up. Yeah. And then you take a little personal hiatus. And do you, I? I probably go, just didn't have a job. What did I do? You you went traveling? Oh, well, yes. Oh, I did. I did. I went, my sweet now husband, he uh, performs a lot. And I was like, well, I don't have anything to do. I'm going to go be his groupie. But then sweet cop <laughs> Scott Foley was doing Whiskey Cavalier. And so he let me do a job with him in Prague while I was over there. And so there, we you know, we got a little bit of work in here and there. But yeah, I did. I saw a lot of stuff. How long were you traveling? As long as they'd let me. I don't even remember. I, I mean, I feel like I was gone a couple of months. I went to okay. like eight places, maybe. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Dubrovnik and Warsaw and Prague and Stockholm and just all over the place. Um. You began in 2019 working on Prodigal Son. Yeah. 
a procedural show that I've heard you talk a little bit about. To me, that is a, a got to be a challenge as an actor to work on a procedural show where mm-hmm. there is kind of a, a reset. There was more of a continuing storyline in that than on most. But talk to me about Jessica. Well, the good, I, I can say I hear you about the procedural. And, and it's tricky when you're with a cog within that part of the machine. But Jessica was... So on the periphery of that and uh, such a nut bar and a, like a real character that right. was never boring. And, and it brought me back to New York. You know, they were like a show, but it's in New York. I was like, I'll do it. And they said, do you want to know what it is? <laughs> and I was like, no, not really. Um, but, you know, but it's Tom Payne and Michael Sheen and just Lou Sweet, Lou Diamond Phillips and you know, not everybody was easy on that show uh, to juxtapose it with scandal, but, um, but the people I love, I still love really, really deeply. And the work was always like a masterclass. So that I never had to be like, uh, you know, who we, who we killed this week and how we could figure it out. I never had to do any of that. I just had to spar with like really great actors and be this fantastic, I mean, a character I would just never that's what I love about our jobs, Bri. We get to live so many lives in one lifetime. And that life was so fun. Drunk, fucking Upper East Side Jessica. I miss her horribly. I miss her little snark. I miss that she was really in on her own joke. Like, I really miss her. She was a ball of fun. Did the darkness of the show get you down? I was mostly safe from it. I really yeah. was. I wouldn't have wanted to, you know, like have to spend all day staring at someone locked in a box or, you know, like all that kind of stuff. I look at people who do years and years of like vampire shows or something. And I think, I think that would really, that's hard, especially because I mean, I get a little hyper at work. It makes me real happy. I, mean, I get joyful. They have to calm me down, you know? So, uh, I just, no, I know. I know it's hard, but uh, <laughs> Jessica didn't have to mess with any of that. She just, she, or, and if she was around it, she was drunk and so checked out. So in that way, she was <laughs> safe from it all. <laughs> What's the darkest thing you ever did? Oh boy. Well, I mean, I mean, we were referring to me playing a serial killer. So I don't know by inherent definition, if you can be darker than that, I do get more comments from my family about playing a pedophile. Deep. Yes. Okay. That's fairly dark. That's that. That's definitely dark. That's, there's no fairly about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's well, the character was that was a oh that was a it's a law and order law and order svu that the thing about that one to me is it wasn't it, it was not a large role there was not a whole lot of exploring to have been done so it didn't i didn't really have to like get internalize in there. it right yeah i didn't have to yeah it was um serial killer i did a lot of darkness and I, we were the opposite in that. In theater, I was, it was dark. There was a lot of darkness. Whereas you were like, okay. merrily we roll along, happy. Well, I mean, I was a a hooker who, I mean, a stripper who became a hooker <laughs> who went to LA to be a porn star. So it's not all levity. All right. 
fine. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> What's the darkest you've ever played? Uh, you know, the dar- the deepest I went on prepping darkness was uh, Lou Diamond Phillips and I did a um, movie about Richard Ramirez, the um, yes. Night Stalker. Yes. And that was, I feel like that was the time that I got scared the most. Uh, that's the project because it was a film. And so it was, it happened for a very long amount of time. It was mostly a two-hander. So a lot of it was just me and Lou and, oh, it was really tricky. It was really tricky. It was, uh, it was rewarding work. We had a great director. Um, Lou is obviously a, a wonderful man and I adore working with him and I adore, um, uh, he just he takes care of you in a lot of wonderful ways. Um, but I just that was a oh, to get like to go inside that world, that mind. I don't want to call it to me. I don't want to be near it, you know. Yeah. Right. Just scares me. Do you want to go back and do theater? Yes, I do. Oh my God. I did a play this fall, just a, a, a fundraiser for a okay. new, um, beautiful play called Bonded. And it was very hard work. So it was a very deep issue, but it felt so rewarding. And again, just to be in the room and to feel to ride, it's like surfing, right? It's like emer- emotional surfing. You just have the, you just go on the ride with people. Do you ever think about it? Going back? Yeah. Yeah, I've started two more. Is there a role that you're just like, I've got to do this? Well, here's the here's the crazy thing. Like of the like American canon, mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention any role specifically. I'm not going to do that. But I will say this, that a lot that I played, I'm now more the age for uh-huh. correctly now. I understand. I understand. So that in, that intrigues me. That intrigues me. Um, you released an album. I speaking did. of, I did far away, so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, about growing up in North Carolina. So it's just all songs I love and okay. songs that have stories. I d- had sung the national anthem at a Dodgers game. We like scandal went and like did the whole somebody threw out the pitch and like Carrie called the names and I sang the thing. You know, it was like a whole thing and. Then our very, very kind gladiators uh, were like, start really started in on me, like, you need to make an album. And I was like, oh my God, you know what? I'm never going to have this chance again. I better do that. <laughs> They're so right. And I'm so glad I did. I loved every second of it. And yeah, and I'm still proud of it. Yeah. Congratulations. You're, you're amazing. All right. Talk to me about the other black girl. Are you having fun? I'm having the best time. Oh my God. I get to work with this guy named Brian. He's sort of fun. I don't know if you know him, but he like sort raises he like raises every scene. It's just it's like there on the page and then Brian. <laughs> and then Sinclair. Oh my God. I love her so much. We've had real we've had really beautiful times, she and I. But I've loved all of our directors. I'm interested in the story. This, the character I'm playing in particular was in so much flux. Um, like they really didn't know who she was. They wanted to change so much from the book, but then they didn't want to go too far. And is she going to be super comedic or is she going to be super dry? And just to this wig, no to that wig, use your own hair. Don't wear this clothes. Don't wear that. It was really existentially disorienting. So that challenge was also fraught but um 
rewarding. Like I feel like we came out the other side of it, but it, yeah, it, it's been wild. I love our showrunners. Do you love our showrunners? Don't say no. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, tonally, I think it's really interesting. And I, you know, I, I get nervous cause I don't ever want to say something that I'm not supposed to say. Yeah. I've been accused of that, of saying the wrong thing in the past. So I can't really say much about it, but here's what I think we should do What is I think when it, I think when it comes out, then we should, we should reconvene again, yes. maybe get, maybe get that guy, Eric and Sinclair and the, the whole that. gang. Let's and, do that. Uh, it's such a good group of people and they and all And then we have can really stories. talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we can good. tell we can tell the stories that we can't tell now. Okay, it's a deal. Uh, it's a deal. Listen, I am so glad to have met you. Me you too, are my so love. Uh, you are so one talented and funny and genuine and just. I mean, let me tell you guys something. Amy, by the way, Amy is her real name. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if we're. I, I don't know if that's a secret. But no, it's not a secret. I don't see. I don't know. Actually, tell tell the uh, tell the story. I mean, I don't know if people know this. You in the history of Hollywood, there can only be one person with your name. That's right. And some little girl took Amy Young. I thought it was going to perhaps be sort of like Rose at the end of uh, Titanic or something, right? And I go to her like and pay like homage and be like please, may I use my name now? And she'd give me her blessings. But no, it's some child. And so it was impossible for me to be Amy. I could be Amy M. Young in Equity, the theater union. But SAG, that's why you have so many weird named actors is because you can only be one person. I think the asterisk is um, Vanessa Williams because the other Vanessa Williams had the name first. But then we knew Vanessa from Miss America and from her singing and everything. So they sort of like, maybe they make her use her middle. And I don't know. Anyway. They, grandfa- they grandfathered her in? She's the only person I know of that has a name that is another person's name. How did you come up with Bellamy? Oh, I mean, just Bell, tragic. Amy. It's just tragic. I was trying to be Amanda or Amaryllis or anything that I could still be Amy. And they were all, not Amaryllis wasn't taken, but. You can see why. Uh, but my uh, dad's best friend sort of did all the dad stuff, like Cotillion, when he passed away. And um, so it's like a mushing of our names. So it's like, oh, I'm man. Southern. So I thought people, I could have called it myself works. Tennessee or Raleigh. Raleigh was on the list. Raleigh, Raleigh? Young. I'll tell you honestly, Ooh, I just told Pedro that's this. That's a good name. I know it is, but then I couldn't get back to Amy. The name I wanted was. Susanna Grant. That's the name I wanted. She's already a very famous producer and good at what she does. And so I couldn't have that name either. But I got to be Melly Grant. So I, I think it's close. Susanna. So you were just making that out of thin air. Making things up. But Raleigh Young was on the list. Raleigh Young. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. But wait, was Susanna Grant something you considered or were you going to keep young? I was just making a list, just a desperate, desperate list. Yeah. I mean, that's a crazy thing, right? Is that like, if you have to change, there's no rules. And it was, I was like, I want to not make people uncomfortable. And then I was like, oh, but I could be this whole little violet Beauregard or whatever, you know? So yeah, but then I just tried to pick something that had Amy in it so people could still call me Amy. All right. Well, 
whatever your name is. You're <laughs> you're delightful. You're Just, delightful. Seriously. No, no, no. Uh-huh. Like seriously, I can be a curmudgeon and people get scared of me. You're a light. You're and- I don't believe it. I am just reflecting back your son. You are a delight, and I'm so happy to know you now. I am, and thanks for inviting me on for this fun. Well, I'm going to come to New York, and I want a mug. I want a a mug. Baby, it's yours. No, I don't want yours. No, no, I want a mug. You're not getting mine. Don't be crazy. Okay, okay, sorry. Sorry, I thought you would would offer offer yours. (laughs) No, it's too much luck now. It's too much loving it. All right. Thank you so much. All right. right. I love you to pieces. I I love you too. Bellamy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I'm with you. I am not a guy who says, ugh, another season. No, I'm with you. Five more seasons of The Other Black Girl. That sounds just fine to me. To all of you out there listening, thanks for stopping by. I'm going to be back next week, same time, same place, with another phenomenal guest. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram, if you haven't already, at Off The Beat, and uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please. All right, subscribe to the show. I cannot tell you how important that is. Thank you for all your support, and we will see you next week. Off the Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan Papa Zachary, and our intern is Sammy Katz. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by the one and only Creed Bratton. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 